Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. I want to start this episode out with a letter that we got from one of our listeners. I hate to say it, but I'm a 31-year-old female who has never had an orgasm. Yes, you heard that right. While most people seem to enjoy sex, I really could care less, and I think it's because I have never fully experienced it. None of my partners have known this fact either. Sorry, guys. I don't really talk about this with my friends. Actually, I don't know if I have ever admitted this. However, my friends do know that I haven't been sexually active in a long time. I almost feel like a virgin again because it's been so long. It has also affected dating. I no longer have any interest in dating. I'm not sure what to do at this point. That letter, which breaks my heart, is from Brittany. Thank you so much, Brittany, for sending that in. And that is the entire point of what we were talking about on today's episode of Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast. Statistics say that almost 10% of women have never had an orgasm, either during masturbation or with a partner. So joining me on the panel today is Cosmopolitan.com's orgasm expert. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Features editor who has tons of experience writing about sex and relationships, Emma Barker. Hi, Emma. Hi. Do you like that I called you an orgasm expert, or was that, like, too far? I think it was too far. (laughs) It was too far. It's too early. It was too far. Okay, scratch that from the record. So um, you spent, you're now Cosmopolitan.com's features editor, but for years before that, you were running the sex and relationships vertical on the site, and Mm -hmm. I know that part of the reason that we are doing this episode is because we got letters from people like Brittany all the time. Yeah. Would you say, like, how often... You know, how often were you hearing this kind of, I've never had an orgasm, please, please, please help me cry from readers? I don't think it was as much like I am 35 and have never had an orgasm in my life. She was 31. Okay, 31. (laughs) But still, that was, that's a little bit more rare, but we definitely got that maybe like a few times a year. Um, The more common thing was... Uh, I never have orgasms with my boyfriend. Like, I only have them when I'm masturbating. Right. Or I've never... Or I've had orgasms with other guys, but never with my current boyfriend, but I love him, and, like, what's wrong? Right. Like, are we doomed? So that was, like, the more common thing was not being able to orgasm with guys. So we did a big piece on this on Cosmopolitan.com actually a few years ago now called The Orgasm Deficit that was talking about this issue and kind of exactly what you're saying. So we already threw out that stat that something like 10% of women don't orgasm at all. Um, And what we, one of the additional things we explore in the piece is exactly what you're saying is that you know, women who are with partners, maybe they can get off on their own, but never with a partner. And one of the stats in the piece says that 30 to 40% of women don't orgasm during sex. And then we go on to sort of say anecdotally that estimates might be as high as 70%, which I was like, 30 to 40%? Like, that seems low. Yeah. Who are these people having orgasms during sex? So actually, last year, 
cosmopolitan <laughs> last did. year i had an orgasm during sex <laughs> last year i had one <laughs> orgasm it was the only time um no last year cosmopolitan did a survey of women and how often they orgasm because we get this question so often and one uh figure showed that almost 50 percent don't regularly come during sex it's like come a gross word to use during this podcast no it's fine we're going there (laughs) we're going there um uh so so basically that is the idea of the orgasm deficit it's like men are having them all the time yeah it was like 90 percent of men have orgasms every time they have sex or almost every time and i think 53 or 54 percent of women have orgasms regularly during sex and you know, that doesn't include penetration only. That's just, in general, when you're having sex with another person, a little over half of women have orgasms regularly. But 95% of men do. So <laughs> that leaves 40% of the time when women are just being like, okay, whatever. Right, okay, like, hey, whatever. that was fun. And he rolls over and goes to sleep. Yeah. Cool. And I think part of, one of the other things that has been explored around with this topic is not only this deficit in how many men are orgasming mm-hmm. compared to how many women aren't, but also the fact that no one in the medical community seems to care that much. You no. know, there's never any research into female arousal and female sexuality. It's yeah. almost like, deal with it, which is why you get the Britneys of the world who are writing a letter to Cosmo because she says, like, I can't even really talk about this with my friends. I've never told any of the people that I'm dating. I think a lot of that comes from, so we just did a story on um, childbirth injuries, and a lot of those injuries are, you know, the results of those are women going into their doctor a year and a half after they had a baby saying, it still hurts when I have sex, like, what can you do? And it's the same kind of problem where, Doctors just are kind of like, well, is it life threatening? And they're like, no. And they're like, no, bye. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, K. K. So basically, I think, you know, this kind of research takes a lot of money and a lot of time to do this kind of medical research. And doctors want to be well known and recognized for it. And the kind of research that gets well known and recognized is stuff that saves lives. Or, you know, stuff that they deem will have a wide impact, which, you know, if you did a study and it resulted in some sort of medication or cream or something that cut, that helped women orgasm every time, I think that would pretty have a pretty wide impact. Right. <laughs> right. But doctors don't want to be that known would save, for that. That would save lives. Yeah. That would save lives. <laughs> well, we've already established that you had an orgasm once last year, so we're going to get on the phone with my friend Lisa, who's never had an orgasm, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about what that's like, since you can't relate at all. Mm-hmm. Hi, Lisa. It's Lisa Benson from the Cosmopolitan.com podcast. You're here on the phone with me and Cosmo editor Emma Barker. How are you? Good. Are you ready? Kind of t- early. Kind of early. Yeah. Where are you? Where are you calling from? Um, I'm in California. California, West Coast. Okay. So you got up bright and early to talk about how you've never had an orgasm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what every woman wants to start her day talking about. Um, but I think it's so important, even if it's super early on the West Coast, to be talking about this. Because right before we jumped on the phone with you, we were talking about the fact that, you know, 10% of women have never had orgasms. Which, when you think about it, is actually a pretty high percentage um so talk to us about you know your 
experience or should I say non-experience with, <laughs> with having an orgasm and you know I think a lot of people would sort of assume you know I think for a lot of people and a lot of couples you tend to think of orgasming as sort of the finish line of sex or being sexually active and so how does it feel when you can't get there um at this point it's kind of normal I don't really like expect it or think it's going to happen how old are you Lisa uh, I'm 27 okay so this so, isn't like your first rodeo <laughs> no so I've been doing this for like 10 years I guess and um I just don't think it's possible but I still you know have sex often I enjoy having sex but um, to me, the whole point of having sex is for the guy to finish. Oh, my gosh. That actually breaks my heart. That breaks my heart so much. <laughs> Lisa, sorry. Hi, this is Emma Barker. How are you? Hi. Good. Um, I'm just wondering, when you do you talk to your friends about this? Yeah. And what it's, reaction do you usually get? Um, shock. And they think it's kind of funny. But, I mean, I don't oh. really think it's that bad of a thing. Um, I never really feel too bad for myself or anything like that. You still, like, enjoy having sex and, and pursue it? Yeah, it feels good the whole time. Um, and what has been the reaction from partners that you're with? Do you have to have a conversation where you're just kind of like, oh, I'm not really going to get there? <laughs> do you decide to fake it? Like, how do you, what's that aspect of it like? Yeah, I've never faked it. Um, so sometimes... The guys kind of think it's like a challenge, <laughs> so <laughs> then it kind of is um, like two hours, and I'm like, okay, it's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. That's like, can I just jump in to say, like, I am excited for all the, like, woke bays out there that are trying really hard to, like, get you to finish, but there's also something a little offensive about, like, I'll be the one guy that, yeah. you know, you're like, I'm 27 years old, and, like, this has been a real problem for me, like okay like step right on up you know what I mean yeah like, yeah yeah <laughs> what did um like earlier in your sexual career <laughs> I guess, um what did you try like what kind of things did you try to try to get there I've never really tried anything myself I guess it's just not something that like I really feel is missing in my life. I'm not, everyone's like, oh, you have never had an orgasm. That's so crazy. But to me, I'm just like, oh, it's normal. Like, I don't like go out of my way to try and make it happen. Um, I guess like the first time I ever had sex, I, or I just never really knew what to expect, but I guess it's kind of normal for most people. And then after that, I just, just normal. Everything was normal to me. So I have never like, like gone out of my way or like, got toys or did anything special to get there. I think, you know, you're you're saying the very first time you had sex, you didn't really know what to expect. Do you think any of what you're talking about, um, and, like, you seem fine with it, which is great, um, but do you think any of that has to do with, I don't know, I'm thinking about sex education in the way that, like, most of us are brought up hearing messages about sex, which is just, like, you're going to get an STD and die, and there isn't really a conversation <laughs> around female pleasure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think people really talk about it when you're younger, like, before you ever start doing anything, um, 
again, sex ed, you don't really learn about the female orgasm. It's just basically you have sex to have kids, you know? Right. So it's not like I would have thought anything about it when I was, like, 18 years old. I'm just trying to impress the guy at that time. Right. So I think that it could probably be talked about more so we know what to expect because, you know, I'm not, like, a guy I only watch porn all the time, <laughs> so right. I don't know what to expect. Right, right. And Back then, at least. Right, and even though there is a lot of female-friendly porn out there, there is also a lot of porn that gives really unrealistic expectations for right. orgasm. Like the woman is completely screaming after two minutes of just, <laughs> yeah. like, pounding. Right. <laughs> like, no one wants that. And also, it's not real. It's not real. Um, Lisa, do you ever masturbate? No, not really. But it doesn't seem like that's something that you feel like is missing from your life. No. And um, have you ever tried, I mean, it doesn't, it seems like you feel contented in your sex life. Although I have to say, going back to what you said earlier, it was a little like heartbreaking to hear you say you feel like the point of sex is for like a guy to finish. Um, Have you ever thought about like talking to a sex therapist or a doctor? I've never thought of that before. Um, But mainly I think it's because it's like the whole time I'm having sex, it still feels great to me. It's not like terrible. Right. Um, so even if I don't get to a certain point, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, so I've never thought about talking to a doctor about that. I think a lot of women feel that way because you still get, you know, the intimate contact and like the rush of endorphins, even mm-hmm. if you don't orgasm. So, you know, I think a lot of women who don't orgasm regularly or whatever don't with their current partner, um, just kind of feel like, well, it's still like a nice experience, you know, like yeah, I'm not, exactly. not going to like never have sex again just because I can't orgasm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And another thing we were discussing before we jumped on the phone with you is that most women don't orgasm from sex anyway. Right. So, like with a partner. Right. And most people still have sex because it's yeah. you know, fine. Because <laughs> it's fun. It's fine. It's fun. I'm just kidding. Um, great. So, Lisa, thank you so much for talking about your experience with us. And I think it's really important because this isn't something that a lot of people talk about. I feel like it's really important over here on the Cosmo podcast to be honest about the things that sometimes can be stigmatized. So thank you so much for letting us wake you up bright and early to talk about <laughs> orgasms. No problem. All right. See you later. Okay. Bye. 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 So, speaking of orgasms, want to take a quick breather to talk about something really important to orgasming, which is the underwear that your man is wearing. I have talked about Mack Weldon on the podcast before because I think their products are so perfect, and the joke is always that they basically, like, eliminate ball sweat. So, Mack Weldon, that's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N carries a line of super premium underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants all at MacWeldon.com. They are all made out of premium fabric that is designed to be sort of naturally odor eliminating. So again, that's where the ball sweat factor comes in. These are perfect products for the guy who wants to wear his undershirt all day long. He commutes to work on a 90 degree day. He comes home and wants to cuddle and you don't want him to smell like the way men smell after a 90 degree day where they've been wearing the same shirt and underwear all day. So go to MacWeldon.com and use promo code COSMO to get 20% off your entire order. They are so sure that you'll love the products that they will 
take them back, no questions asked, and issue a full refund if you're not happy with the design and the fabric and all the wonderful things about them for any reason. One of my favorite things to say about Mack Weldon is that I had a guy friend try out their underwear and he said it was like a hug for his penis. So really, I don't think it gets any better than that, especially on an episode where we are talking all about orgasms. So one thing that we hear a lot from people like Lisa that are talking about not being able to orgasm is sort of this fear of like, is there something wrong with me? And I think it's important to keep in mind that there can be a lot of things that can affect a woman's ability to orgasm, whether it's mental, emotional, even a physical problem. But the point is, there isn't anything wrong with you that can't be fixed. So here to talk about that is family medicine physician and clinical sexologist. She's a recurring co-host on the Emmy Award winning talk show, The Doctors. Please welcome Dr. Rachel Ross. Hi, Dr. Rachel. Hi. How are you? Good, good. How about yourselves? Good. Just starting the day off talking about orgasms. Hey, that's the perfect way to start the day. I'm, I mean, second to actually having one. Right. Just talking about. I did that this to morning, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I wish I had. Love it. Um, so is this something, just diving right in, is this something you see a lot? Women coming to you saying, you know, I've been sexually active for years. I can't have an orgasm. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, you know, magazines like Cosmo kind of help us a little bit because actually they help women understand that this is absolutely a normal thing, that there are a lot of women out there who've never had an orgasm. That's not to say they won't ever have one, but who haven't. Right. And and for us to just, just tackle it head on and say, hey, there's nothing wrong with you, but here's some tips that, you know, perhaps you can try again, then I, I think that's the way to go with it. So is there like a, speaking of tips, is there like a number one, you know, what is the first thing you say to someone that comes in and says like, I can't do this. I don't think it's possible for me. Sure. Well, the first thing we do is ask questions. So the, the, the first question is, have you ever had one in your life? Because oftentimes you, you have a person uh, who can have one when they're with their vibrator or with themselves or with another partner, but haven't been able to have one with their current partner. So it's really important to differentiate, have you ever had one before, and is this with a partner that you're having the issue? Because there's so many different reasons that you cannot have an orgasm. The first thing is really just trying to figure out where all of this is coming from. Right. And then a lot of women will say, too, well, I can have one with oral, but I'm having a hard time with penetration. Right. Or I can have one with penetration or I can't have one with oral, even though the first way is the more, most common complaint. So I always tell women that, you know, I, I, there's, there's no guarantees that you'll ever have an orgasm. And I always tell women, too, that orgasms are overrated, you know, that we need to focus on the, the, the pleasure and the sexual situation at hand and not necessarily get so strung out on that magical orgasm thing because what ends up happening is you get so consumed with it. Is it coming? Is it here? Is it here? What can we do now? You know, your partner's focused on it. You're focused on it. And then you're missing the whole point. When, when we look at the brain during orgasm, the one thing that's happening in the brain is absolutely nothing. So you really do have to <laughs> let go. <laughs> Nothing's happening in the brain. I sort of love that. <laughs> There's nothing going on. There are no lights You're upstairs. literally brain dead. <laughs> right, 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 right. But I think that does speak to and we were just on the phone right before we jumped on the phone with you with a woman named Lisa who's based on the West Coast who's never in her life had an orgasm. But she was kind of like, I'm fine with it. Like she was like, sex still feels good and sort of like didn't seem to feel like she was missing out on anything. And I think that that speaks to your point about orgasms really being overrated. And also the idea that for women especially, orgasming 
can be, you know, mental and emotional. And I think when you get really in your head about that, it just makes it even more difficult. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like trying to focus, trying to focus. I want one. I want one. Well, that type of energy makes it so that you really rarely have one, let alone even have a pleasurable sexual experience. So the the, the thirst and the search for the orgasm is, you know, a little overrated, but there are things that we can do to increase our, 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 our chances of having one. Right. And re- really, I tell women all the time that if you can't orgasm by yourself ever, then it's really difficult for you to ever really have one with someone else because what ends up happening is you've heard of an orgasm, you've read about them, your friends have talked about them, but you don't even know what one feels like. So it's it's really a, a difficult situation to just jump right into it with the partner if you've never had one and you're trying to have one. So really the big, the best thing for finding that orgasm is to find it solo, during solo play, you know, watching your favorite movie, watching something online, playing with yourself, and and really getting to know your anatomy down there to figure out what brings you to orgasm is really, 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 really the most important thing. So start with yourself, literally. And do you recommend that people you like, incorporate sex toys, or do you think that's sort of unnecessary at the beginning? Or that, you know, I think some people, some women are even, this is a question we've gotten from Cosmo readers before, is Um, some women are concerned that if they start using a vibrator, they won't be able to orgasm without one. Like, they'll become dependent on it? Like, is that that a real issue? That is a very real issue. But that's more of an issue for that, for for those of us who wake up in the morning, like, let me get, let me get one before I go to work. You get home, (laughs) you're like, let me get another one before I go to bed. So that's with chronic vibrator use, we tend to find that being a problem. And it does become a problem because batteries, you know, a, a, a gentleman or a woman can never really mimic what the batteries can do. So if you really get said to that (laughs) (laughs) if you really get hooked to the batteries it's really hard to to transition back and forth with your partner but i don't want to discourage women because actually um prescriptions for a healthy sex drive when you're with a partner and you're trying to keep the romance going is to masturbate and have solo play on the side i just don't want ladies to overdo it or to always rely on that same magical vibrator because it does great question you do end up hooked and then you get into a situation where you're like, okay, why am I not having an orgasm anymore with my partner? Well, it's because you're hooked to your vibrator. So yeah, great question. So when you recommend to a woman who's not orgasming during sex, um, what do you usually, how do you recommend they try masturbating? Yes. Well, see, first I go over the anatomy because you'd be surprised. A lot of ladies really I mean, believe it or not, don't know where their clitoris is, and they don't realize that those clitoral fibers extend underneath the pubic mound. So the pubic mound is that air, that area that the hair normally grows on before you wax it off. <laughs> so the, the if clitoral you choose fibers, to. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> no judgment at all. <laughs> so, so the clitoral fibers actually extend underneath there. That's why back in the day when we were kids, grinding used to feel so good, right? Because, because the clitoris actually extends underneath there. So keeping that in mind, some women, you know, they're like, oh, I've I've played with myself and I I don't even feel anything. Well, for ladies like that, I always recommend turn over on your stomach, actually. Use some of the pressure of pressing down your pubis area into the bed or into wherever it is that you're laying while you're actually applying 
um, stimulation to your clitoral area. So it, it, there is an art form to self-play that I think a lot of times women are like, well, I can't turn myself on. It's, it's, it, it doesn't work out. But it's like anything else. You know, it's kind of like you have to try different ways. So once you've realized how to turn yourself on, once you've gotten to the point where you're realizing that you're, where your pleasure center is, that's when you want to start communicating that with your partner. And so a lot of people have trouble talking to their partner, like, okay, right there, right there, move, move uh, you know, that type of thing. So what I, what I instruct ladies to do a little more of is directing. You know, and guys actually love to be directed. I mean, if you can tell them what to do, you are winning and you're scoring. But if you can't bring your mouth to say it, direct them, like pull them towards you, move them where you want them to be. Because what's, what's happening when you have a lot of penetrative sex and, the, and you're not having an orgasm, but the guy can make you orgasm orally, what's happening is his his flow is off, you know? (laughs) He really isn't aligning his pelvis to your pelvis so that he can actually stimulate that pubic mound area where those clitoral fibers go. So if you can keep in mind that that's an extra pleasure center for yourself, then you can make sure that you're adjusting him and moving his pelvis and moving your pelvis so that he can actually be kind of stroking that area while he's stroking you on the inside. And that can ultimately help take a situation where we've been having sex for two years and I've never had an orgasm during penetration to, wow, we had it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm kind of getting excited just hearing you talk about it. But I, <laughs> <Yes>. think, <laughs> I, I think you you know your way around your words. But um, I think you actually raise a really good point, which is that you know, I do think, especially if it's a new partner, there can be some shyness around, like, telling a guy what to do, especially if you don't necessarily know yourself, which brings us back to how important it is for women to masturbate and understand what feels pleasurable for them. But I think you're, I think that's a really important message that ultimately a lot of guys do want to help you finish and they want sex to be pleasurable and they, like, like getting a little, like, tip from their lady. Yeah. Yes, it makes thing, them feel good. It yeah. strokes their ego. Right. One thing I want to ask you about, because this is something that has come up with our readers a lot, is um, a lot of our readers who don't orgasm, you know, either they know this or they don't know this, but they kind of think maybe, is that they're taking antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication mm-hmm. and they, like, either can't get even like aroused or can't get wet enough or they can't get quite to the orgasm what do you recommend to people like that you know this is a great question it's a huge problem believe it or not when i run into a patient like this who's really you know because because let's keep in mind some of us think sex is very important and then there's a whole sect of us you have those friends that just like girl i'm really i just do it because he wants it you know so they're really not into sex anyway if you're really into sex and sex is a really big part of your life i actually refer my patients to like an integrative medicine doctor who actually can use more of natural substances to kind of help you with your depression and wean you off of the medication because for a lot of people that sex drive thing is a deal breaker with those antidepressants mm-hmm. and um you, you know among the other side effects that are associated with them so oftentimes we do have to come off of those and maybe go with a different uh, solution to manage your mental health. So, so that that's one way of dealing with it. And and then the other way is really what I find with ladies um, who 
are on antidepressants, what tends to happen, and it, even though we're, we know what's happening with their brain chemistry, but what tends to happen is their their vagina and their clitoris starts to get a little numb to sensation, mm-hmm. and so it takes them a little longer to get to a climax, and it takes a little more tension and pressure for them to actually feel pleasure. So for that, I also often recommend just kind of asking their partner to turn things up a notch. Um, So whereas before, if they were doing lightly on the clitoris, they kind of go a little stronger on the clitoris because for some reason it's, it's kind of dulling the sensation in the area down there, and that helps a little too. But ultimately, let's face it, sometimes we do have to come off of the antidepressants or try something new. And I think it's at least just good to know that, you know, I, I mean, I think for a lot of women that take medication, that can be such a challenge in and of yeah. itself to find sort of the right medication that works for you. But it's just good to remember that there are other options for treatment out there or ways to explore. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. And I, and, then, uh, and unfortunately, so often we feel just trapped, like, oh, God, I got to just keep taking it. And, I got, and that's so not the case. So I'm glad you said that. Right. Yep. Um, and so... Dr. Rachel, I would just imagine that you have the most rewarding job. Like, do you have patients that come back in and they're like, it finally happened? <laughs> I am telling you, there's nothing like it. There, there's there's nothing like it. Or to see a couple that they really love each other, but the thing, you know, they just don't have sex anymore and can't figure it out. And to see them come back and be like, oh, my God, we did it. We finally got it in. And it was fantastic. I mean, that's priceless. Yep. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. Um, and one last question before... Um, We have to let you get back to your day job, which is, um, you know, for people who are having problems orgasming, what is the point where it's like you really should see your version of a Dr. Rachel or, you know, because I think that's it's so hard to sort of discuss your sex life with a professional. And I think people want to try the DIY solutions and you've given people who are listening a lot of things to think about. But at what point do you really need to see a professional or see a doctor? You know, with the orgasm thing, when it becomes to the point where it has consumed pretty much all of your sex life, it's consuming your thoughts, you you know how some people get obsessed with certain parts of their lives? Like, like, oh my God, I can't do it. You know, once it gets to that point, you really need to to seek help, first of all, for reassurance to let you know that it's okay and we can work through this and to relax and to chill out. Sometimes we need that that voice to just bring us back to reality that it's not that bad, let's work through this. Um, And and then the other thing, I I would say that for the average person who can't reach orgasm with their partner, now that's a reason to come. Now, if you're having trouble reaching orgasm, period, in general, and it's just, you know, you're just kind of, ah, well, I've never had one, and maybe I will and maybe I won't, it's not for you, but it's for the person who is with a partner and can't reach orgasm and it's causing stress between the two of you, and and counseling is also for somebody who is just personally obsessed with it and needs to get out of that rut of trying, failing, trying, failing, trying, failing. Absolutely. That's great advice. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Rachel. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, I know. I'm going to call you again. Now that you've said any time. See you next week. Absolutely. (laughs) And I mean it. Thanks, ladies. This was fun. This is a perfect way to start my day. (laughs) Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. 
So we have talked a lot about women who can't orgasm. So we wanted to bring as our next guest someone can te- someone who can tell you exactly how to have one. Our next guest is a sex therapist and creator of The Finishing School, a comprehensive online course that teaches you how to have your first orgasm on your own and then with a partner. Please welcome Vanessa Marin. Hi, Vanessa. Hi. Um, so you're basically like an orgasm instructor, a professor of orgasms. Ah, yes, I have uh, somehow become to be a professor of orgasm. So tell us about the finishing school, because probably a lot of people might not even know that this magical thing exists. Yeah, so you covered it pretty well in your little intro. Um, finishing school is a completely online course that teaches women how to have orgasms. So the whole thing is online, so you get to move through it at your own pace and from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Can I just say that I love the name The Finishing School so mainly because I feel like <laughs> everyone, women included, consider the end of sex, like the finish line, as when the guy comes. <laughs> and it's so great to like redefine that as like, or when the woman comes. Right, or like, when you come. Yeah. It's so good on every yeah. level. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I had a, I popped into my mind as I was walking my dog one day and I thought, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> got it. <laughs> You're like, that's actually why I got into this business is because yeah. this brilliant name came yeah. to me. No, but so how did you, what made you want to start a finishing school? Yeah, so I mean, getting into the sex therapy business, I definitely had a hunch that the female orgasm was going to be a popular topic. Um, but I was surprised and continue to be surprised by just how popular it is. Um, so my practice very quickly filled up with uh, women who were, you know, interested in learning how to orgasm. So the more I started working with them, you know, kind of developing my own techniques, seeing lots of success stories, I started thinking about, you know, how can I work with women on a larger scale? Because um, I just love doing this work and I, you know, want to continue it. And then the idea for putting it online also came from my clients as well. Um, you know, I love my job. I could talk about sex all day long, but I can definitely appreciate that, you know, going into an office and talking to a total stranger about the most intimate details of your life is, you know, it's pretty intimidating. So um, I was getting lots of emails and calls from people who would say, you know, I really want to make an appointment, but I'm so nervous. I don't know if I could actually, you know, say the words out loud once I got there. I'd be so embarrassed. What if I run into someone I know, you know, in your waiting room? Um, So I started thinking, okay, how can I get this information to women in a more private um, format? Right. And in a format where they can actually, like, test out the tips as they're hearing about yeah. that <laughs> yeah so, definitely I you know I definitely don't do any sort of uh you know sexual conduct in my office itself so it was always you know giving women these exercises to try out at home right, so it seemed like a really you know easy way to kind of transition for sure so is there I, this is a huge generalization but in general is there one thing that you would say women who can't orgasm are kind of like doing wrong like is there a common thread between women that just can't get there Yeah, I mean, that's a tricky one because there are so many orgasmic myths out there. Um, But I would say that probably the one I see most often is um, this belief that orgasm should just happen, you know, by itself on its own. Um, So I think a lot of women out there think that orgasm, it's like sneezing. You know, your body just inherently knows how to do it and it just does it, you know, without any intervention. Wait, and Um, hold on. I'm pausing you just for a second because I actually think that's such a good point. You hear it compared to that all the time in terms of, I think, like the physical 
cold. Like it's almost like a sneeze. That feels really good. Yeah, yeah. But like, of course, it's nothing like a sneeze because yeah. yeah. Anyway, go on. Carry on. Just thought I would take a little yeah. pause there. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I think a lot of women, you know, we have this belief that it's supposed to happen that way, and so women who can't orgasm or struggle to, they really wind up feeling like something's wrong with them, like they're broken. Um, so it's really important for me to share that that is absolutely a myth. You know, orgasm, I like to say it's, it's like a skill. You know, it's something that you have to learn, you have to practice, you have to figure out how it works. Um, and even in the moment itself, you know, when you're with a partner, when you're by yourself, it's not going to just spontaneously happen. You have to feel a certain, you know, baseline level of pleasure and stimulation in order to get there. Um, so that's what I really like to, um, to convey. So, you know, if you're having a hard time orgasming, it's definitely not that anything is wrong with you or that you'll never be able to orgasm. It's just that you have to give yourself the opportunity to learn. When, you know, we were talking earlier about how a lot of women um, can orgasm by themselves but have a really hard time with a partner. How often do you think that is maybe like a hang up on the woman's point part like maybe they're you know something's going wrong with how they're having sex with a partner and how much is it just like the partner is bad at sex (laughs) (laughs) how much should we blame men yeah (laughs) yeah it's hard to hard to come up with an exact percentage for that one Um, but i think it's you know i think it's an even mix i mean you know honestly we don't talk about female orgasm very openly in our society so i think you know there are a lot of guys out there who are well-intentioned and want to be good partners but they also have a lot of misinformation too or you know they may have had partners in the past who always faked it so they think that they're you know doing things right um and then of course you know for a lot of women it can be really hard to assert ourselves you know, with a partner um you know during sex so you know sometimes i say like men um in general you know speaking in very broad brushstrokes here men tend to feel more comfortable with you know doing what their bodies need during sex you know they'll get in the positions that they like they'll thrust in the ways that they like you know they give their body what they need and a lot of us women again in very broad brushstrokes um we have a hard time asserting ourselves and advocating for our bodies in that same way and so a lot of women feel like we're just supposed to be able to orgasm you know, in, in any context with any sort of simulation whatsoever, rather than really being willing to stand up for ourselves and say, you know, this is how I like to be touched, or I'm going to hop on top right now, or I'm going to, you know, touch my clitoris, and that I, kind of thing. So. I sort of actually, that's not a phrase I've really heard said in that way, but like advocating for your own body in bed, but I think that's so mm-hmm. smart and important. But then I think also, you know, again, if you are someone that has never orgasmed, you know, with a partner, it's so hard to even... You know, I think having the confidence to say, well, I want to try this this way because you have that voice in your head that's like, oh, it's not going to work. You don't know. I think that's I think it's yeah. a multi-layered problem, but I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. I'm wondering, do you hear from men? You know, your courses are geared towards women, but I would imagine they are very educational for ye old men folk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've actually had a lot of men take the course with their partner. Um, so I always love hearing stories like that. I think it's so great. Um, I also have, you know, specific sections of the course where it's like, okay, have your, you know, partner listen to this part of it. Um, or, you know, go over different communication strategies. Cause I, I know that, you know, this stuff is intimidating to talk about. It's not easy for any of us. 
Um, but it's, yeah, I definitely love hearing from men who want to get more educated. And, uh, you know, I think they deserve a little more credit in general than we tend to give them. Um, a lot of us are just very confused and lost. (laughs) Um, do you use any, uh, sex toys or any type of like other than your hand things, uh, in your courses? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So I, um, part of finishing school, uh, part of the program price includes um, my favorite vibrator for orgasm newbies. Um, It's the Minna Life Limon. Um, And I really like it. Like Googling that immediately. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's a great product. Um, The thing I really like about it is um, it's got what's called squeezable control. So on most vibrators, you have to um, operate it using like buttons or a little dial and it can get really distracting trying to figure out like what's you know what's the right pattern that I want and what's the right you know intensity and then you're cycling through all the different um, settings and it just gets really confusing and distracting. Um, but with the limon, all that you do is you squeeze it to turn it on, and the harder you squeeze it, the more intense the vibrations get. So for somebody who's never used a vibrator before or never had an orgasm before, it very quickly becomes intuitive. You don't really have to think about, you know, what pattern or intensity level. You just kind of naturally, um, you know, start using it. So I I got really good feedback from it from some of the earlier clients that I had suggested it to. So now I actually am such a big fan of it that I include it in the program. Um, So I think that it's great to start with a vibrator because vibrators, you know, they can provide a level of stimulation that our hands just cannot, you know, create. So I think it can be a good starting point just to see if your body likes it, if your body responds to it. Um, And then, you know, from there, if you don't like it, if it doesn't work, um, moving on into using your hands. So, um, you know, one of the other things we've been talking a lot about in this episode is sort of, you know, two two sort of issues here. One is like women that can't orgasm, you know, on their own at all. Um, women that overcome that hurdle, but maybe have trouble orgasming with a partner. Um, but I think also specifically, you know, women that have trouble orgasming with a partner, I feel like there's a lot of lore around this idea of like finishing together or like basically, mm-hmm. you know, having an orgasm during like penetrative sex. Um, is that, you know, what are your sort of recommendations for that? Yeah, that's a great one. I think that really comes from the way that we see sex being portrayed in TV and in the movies. You know, people always orgasm at the exact same moment. <laughs> right. And, you know, they flop back onto the pillow at the same time. Right, the music. Um, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and in, in reality, um, simultaneous orgasm is actually really rare. Um, you know, men and women tend to be on very different timelines with when we can orgasm. Um, And I personally think that trying to have a simultaneous orgasm is really distracting in the moment because there's always one person who's going to be, you know, trying to hold on for dear life and like thinking about Aunt Sally or, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) And there's always one person who's going to be like trying to speed up and, you know, oh, my God, what's happening? Why aren't I getting there? Um, So I think it's just really distracting for both partners. So I think that, um, you know, simultaneous orgasm, it can be super fun when it happens and it's great. But in general, I tend to recommend that people don't actively try to have them. Sure. It's a little bit of a fiction instead of something that's actually going to improve your sex life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what is next for you? Like what? I love the idea of the finishing school. You know, is this it feels to me like a movement. <laughs> <laughs> what are your plans? You know, I- <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I got an email from a, a woman once who said, I think you're changing the world one orgasm at a time. Yes. And I think I just turned like tomato red with that. I was just so like humbled and I thought it was so great. So right now I'm really focused on uh, finishing school and just trying to, you know, get the word out there and um, spread, you know, my message as far as I can. Um, and then I'm also working on other online courses. I, I've just had a lot of great feedback about the online nature of it. Um, so I'm trying to tackle, you know, other topics that, um, that I've gotten feedback from, you know, that people are really interested in learning more about. So right now I'm actually just putting the finishing touches on a, a much smaller course, but it's about reclaiming your sex life after you've experienced sexual abuse. Oh, That's wow. amazing. Well, Vanessa, I'm so glad you are out there, like, fighting the good fight for women everywhere. That's amazing. <laughs> it's so important. Where can people um, take the finishing school? Yeah, you can find Enroll. it at yeah, www.vmtherapy.com slash how hyphen to hyphen orgasm. Love that. Good old how hyphen to hyphen. I believe cosmopolitan.com also has a page that's slash how to orgasm. (laughs) (laughs) That good old how to orgasm URL. Okay, so that was VM, which is your initials, vmtherapy.com slash how hyphen to hyphen orgasm. Thank you so much, Vanessa. It was so great talking to you. I love what you're doing. Thank you guys for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Emma, I don't know about you, but I feel like I learned so much today. I'm so inspired. So inspired. <laughs> um, yeah, really inspired. Yeah. I think it was, like, just to recap shocking moments for me. Yes. Which, it's hard for me to learn something new about orgasms at this point. You were after. an orgasm expert. We're <laughs> coming full circle. Full circle. I guess I have come to terms with the fact that I'm an orgasm expert. Yes. But um, it's hard for me to learn something new, and I guess I kind of knew that you know, using a vibrator too much can be an issue. Um, but I, it seemed to me, like, talking to Dr. Rachel, that that is kind of a common issue for women, is, like, they have been masturbating with a, with a vibrator for a long time, and then they go to have sex with a partner, and they don't have the vibrator, and it's like, well, that... No I one's hand competes with batteries. Yeah, like, yes. this hand isn't vibrating quickly enough. Right. <laughs> so um, that was kind of a surprising moment for me yeah I really loved what she said about clitoral fibers that is a term you don't hear every day um but I felt like that was really servicey like turn over and try it on your stomach yeah love it yeah like black swan style yeah (laughs) except without your mom watching from the corner in a horror movie scene right minus that detail which probably isn't really conducive to having your first orgasm ever (laughs) sorry if I spoiled black swan for anyone well on that note it is definitely trying to time to finish this episode orgasm joke but um Emma thank you so much for joining us um you guys need to check out Emma's all her amazing work she has graduated from her role as sex and relationships editor to focus on bigger features but a lot that still have to do with sex and relationships yeah um and emma do you want to shout out your twitter handle so people can stalk you sure i'm at emma june so e-m-m-a-j-u-n-e and as always i am at elisa benson everywhere twitter instagram snapchat um e-l-i-s-a-b-e-n-s-o-n thank you guys so much for listening um to the cosmopolitan.com happy hour podcast we are here every week please share it and rate it and tweet about it and try some of these orgasm tips and let me know what you think go forth and masturbate but mostly with your hand (laughs) words to live by all right see you guys next week bye 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.